Brought to you by the all-new 2014 Toyota Corolla. Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark. There's Charles W. Chuck Bryant, and uh, Jerry's over there, so it's Stuff You Should Know. Okay. <laughs> I'm not going to sing that song. What? Werewolves in London? Yeah. Oh, um, that's not what I was doing. Oh, okay. Was it of London? I think, I think so. In. No, it's an okay. American werewolf in London. Werewolves of London. By Warren Zevon. I never got into him. Me neither. Or that song. Yeah. Um, I thought when I was young, I was like, oh, that's for old people. And now that I'm an old person, I'm like, no, not for me. Yeah, good for you. <laughs> You're like, give me the band. Oh, yeah. Any day. So, you want to talk werewolves? You got a good intro? You got something spicy? No, um, I was more just going to talk about some of my favorite werewolf movies. Well, we just talked about my favorite, American Werewolf in London. It's pretty tough to top that one. It's great, and I watched the transformation scene again today, and it still holds up pretty well. Yeah. In the day of CG, uh, I think this looks pretty good. Uh, it was direct, that's John Landis joint, right? Yeah, and the legendary Rick Baker did all the effects, you know. And that's the same team, by the way, who worked on Michael Jackson's Thriller video. Yeah. His transformation was pretty good, too. It was good. And uh, I think Rick Baker won Um, the... Honestly, we're out of gas. (laughs) Rick Baker won the inaugural makeup award, Oscar award that year. Oh, yeah. He's the very first one. He was great. And some say they might have even created that award because of that movie. It's like the Grammy for the disco. Oh, right. Remember the one year, the one and only year they had it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They only had a one year? Yeah. I don't remember that. That's yeah. pretty funny. Um, there's also, did you, have you ever seen that Mystery Science Theater 3000 uh, werewolf? No. Starring um, Joe Estevez, who's Martin Sheen's brother. Oh, really? <laughs> it's good stuff. Wow. That one's definitely worth seeing. It's it's really, there's people. I don't think I knew It's set in Arizona, but a lot of people in the movie have weird like eastern european accents for no good reason wow it's almost like uh if tommy wasau had directed oh, a werewolf wow. movie it's a lot like that holy cow um and then there's another mst3k that was good it was uh, i was a teenage werewolf michael landon so these aren't your favorite werewolf movies they're your favorite <laughs> mystery science right. theaters right yeah because if i saw them without the yeah the mystery science theater applied it would stink yeah who can forget teen wolf that was a good one too yeah, and that's a TV show, isn't it? Or was for a while. It's a cartoon, and then now I think it's like a drama on MTV. Oh, it's not like uh, the silly hijinks of a Michael J. Fox type? No, I think it's like supposed to be kind of like True Blood, but it's like... Gotcha. Teenagers, yeah. Have you seen that Michael J. Fox show? No, is it any good? No. No? No. I, I watched some of it just out of curiosity. I'm not that much into the, the network sitcoms, mm-hmm. but... um. I love Michael J. Fox, and I thought, let me check it out. It just uh, it's not that good. No, it wasn't that good. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, I mean, hey, you got to take a shot at doing some yeah. TV. Can't all be Family Ties or right, Team exactly. Wolf? Right, exactly. Or Team Wolf is right. Team Wolf the cartoon. That's right. Uh, but yeah, that was a good movie too. Are there any other werewolf movies? What about The Wolfman? Uh, sure. Or or uh, like The Howling? Wasn't that a werewolf movie? Oh yeah, The Howling. Or Wolfen. Silver Bullet. Yeah. That was a good one with uh, poor Corey, uh, one of the Corys. Corey Haim and, uh, and Gary Busey, I think. <laughs> oh, my God. That was a doomed cast. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Jeez. 
Uh, anyway, uh, so those are some of our favorite werewolf movies, everybody. Thanks for listening. <laughs> uh, but anyway, The Wolfman. Not is... the Jack Nicholson version, the classic old version. Right. Yeah. Uh, he did Wolf. Yeah, that was called Wolf. Yeah, that, that wasn't very good. Wasn't Benicio Del Toro in a one called The Wolfman? I think so, but I have not seen that one. So I wonder if it's based on this. This uh, 1947 movie. 41, yeah. I think it's a take on the classic Wolfman. The, oh, okay. The, um, is it Lon Chaney? Uh, yes, I think it is Lon Chaney. That's right. He was the Wolfman, Lon Chaney Jr. Okay, so um, in this movie, you said it was 1941, I think, right? Yeah. Uh, Lon Chaney, um, basically they set the rules for werewolves. It was to werewolves what uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula was to vampires or Night of the Living Dead was to zombies. Like it set the rules. Yeah, for sure. And um, one of the big rules that it set was that the if you were a werewolf, you were up the creek for the rest of your life until somebody put a silver bullet in you. Yeah, you were doomed to uh, – well, I think in the sequel is when the full moon part right. came in. Before it was seasonal, like you, the fall, yeah. you would turn into a wolf, which isn't so bad because, <laughs> I mean, like you turn into a werewolf 12 times a year the other way. Yeah. This is just like once a year. It's like who can't handle that? That's true. The only cure is death. Um, and of course, this is just the Wolfman. There, there were it was based on folklore, which we'll get into now. That had all kinds of different rules. Right, for, but for the many many years before uh, people had been writing about werewolves. But this is the movie Werewolf, yeah. Right, but I mean, when you think of werewolves, you think of being killed by a silver bullet, yeah. transforming in a full moon, mm-hmm. um, being warded off by a wolf's bane, which I didn't know about until I read this article, but it's kind of like to werewolves what garlic is to vampires. Yeah. Um, and uh, the fact that it's incurable, that once you're a werewolf, bitten by a werewolf, you become a werewolf and you're going to be a werewolf until you die. Yeah. All of those are since the 1940s. Yeah, and and not every movie since then has follows that path, but that's definitely the most iconic like werewolf uh, template. <laughs> right. That was a good word. But, but you're right. Fo- werewolves have uh, been present in folklore for many, many millennia. Um, it turns out the first mention of werewolves uh, comes from the Epic of Gilgamesh. Yeah, great which, read. Which, that to me is a clue to what werewolves are really supposed to be. But yeah. in, in Gilgamesh, the goddess Ishtar, who doomed um, Warren Beatty and Dustin Hoffman, <laughs> uh, originally um, is trying to get with Gilgamesh, and Gilgamesh is like, hey, lady, I've heard about your past with other guys. You turned one of them into a wolf. Yeah. And just to make matters worse, in an ironic twist, the guy was a shepherd, so he's attacking his own flock. He's at odds with his own dogs. That was a mean thing to do. That's cruel. Well, you and I have no uh, no future. That's right. And she said, fine, out, <laughs> wolf. So uh, that was Gilgamesh, and that's from eighteen the 18th century BCE. Yeah, I thought you were going to say like 1840-something. <laughs> right, right, yeah. Uh, another story, Ovid's The Metamorphosis. Uh-huh. Um, a traveler visits uh, King Lycaon of Acadia, and he says, you know what? I think you may be immortal, so I'm going to have a little test. I'm going to feed you human meat, which I guess is a, a good test back then to see if someone's immortal. Um, (laughs) and the guest turned out to be Jupiter, the God Jupiter. And she said, wait, this is human meat. I'm going to, I'm pissed off now. I'm going to transform you into a wolf. Lycanos. Exactly. And that's where the the word comes from. Lycos, the Greek word meaning wolf. 
and then lycanthropy is is well it's the either turning into a wolf or in our modern times thinking you're a wolf it's okay yeah lycanthropy is actually a um a medical a, a diagnosis of mental illness like oh, it's a it real really? delusion okay uh, a self identity disorder wow or you think you're a wolf yeah or you think you're a werewolf or a beast <laughs> that's pretty crazy yeah so um this was not unique to like shape shifting wasn't unique to uh, a time period or a place like depending on where you were from if you were from a place at wolves it might be wolves but no uh, Tracy's making the point this is a Tracy Wilson jam by That's the way right. um, she makes the point that like it's so ingrained into folklore that if you are f- if, if a culture is from an area that had wolves like there's Werewolf folklore. That's right. It's almost a given. But in Africa, you might turn into a hyena. Or in Japan, you might turn into a fox. Which is nice. Like shape-shifting. <laughs> into, <laughs> a turn into a fox. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, shape-shifting inspires fear for three main reasons. <laughs> I, thought this, I thought it was kind of funny. This is one of the funniest bullet lists yeah. in, in the whole site. <laughs> Reason number one, shape-shifting inspires fear, is Drumroll. you become a powerful carnivore. So that's scary. Right. Number- that, that would instill fear. <laughs> Number two, you are actually transforming into something that you fear already. Right. So that's even scarier. Yeah. And you have no way of escaping yourself. So everybody's scared at this point, including the, the werewolf. Yeah. And number three, um, you are going to have to perpetually deal with this over and over and over. Until somebody puts a silver bullet in you. So those are the three reasons that shapeshifting inspires fear. I thought that was so weird. <laughs> like everybody, like this, this is, that's reason enough to go onto the site and look at this article. Yeah. Just uh, check out this bullet list. Agreed. It's not even bulleted, it's numbered. Yeah. That's some quality work. <laughs> so, uh, a lot of times in these, in this folklore and literature, um, lycanthropy is more of a punishment doled out oftentimes for being some sort of sexual deviant. And almost always a dude. Yeah, yeah, that's a, a big point. Like in, in vampirism, it goes both ways. It can be men, women. They're usually clean and they're very uh, sophisticated, typically vampires are. Yeah. Um, at least from Bram Stoker onward. Sure. Uh, but with werewolves, it's very much supposed to be a, um, like the, the epitome of masculinity gone feral. Yeah, brutish. Yeah, violent, hairy, yeah, muscular, <laughs> um, strong. Uh, Sound and, like they want to add. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Seeking, same. <laughs> right. <laughs> For some crazy stuff. Cosplay. There you go. They dress up like vampires. Exactly. Uh, so when it's a punishment, um, it varies. Sometimes it's a permanent thing. You're transformed to a wolf forever. Um, sometimes it's a number of years, usually seven or nine that comes into play over and over again. Yeah. And, um, Trace is making a good point here. Like this, there are distinctions among like our modern understanding of werewolves and the folklore, which was, you know, like it, it wasn't always a punishment. Sometimes it was a positive thing as we'll see. Yeah. It, it wasn't always permanent. So, sometimes it just lasted for a very brief time. Yeah. But there are folklore, um, there is folklore. What's plural of folklore? Folklores. There are folklores. <laughs> I don't know. Huh. Folklore stumbled upon a huge gaping hole in, <laughs> in the English. language. Yeah, <laughs> um, but the, in in German folklore in particular, there is um, stories of um, 
stories of folklore. Stories, right? yeah. yeah. Uh, of people turning into werewolves on purpose, under their own volition, voluntarily. Um, yeah. In order to basically become wolf-like, to go hunt better, um, because they're balding. Who knows? There's yeah. all sorts of reasons to become a wolf. And it's temporary, too. So it's voluntary and temporary. Yeah, and a lot of times if that's the case, there's like a... Uh, like a, a belt made from wolf skin or something that, that, that will put on that will transform them, mm-hmm. something like that. Um, in Northern Europe, like Germany and Belgium and the right. Netherlands, this is pretty common. And wolf stories are like big in Northern Europe. Huge. <laughs> uh, well, remember our um, our uh, Vikings episode? Yeah, the Berserkers. Yeah, so the, they, they would put on bearskins. Eat mushrooms, yeah, and then just go crazy Party. in battle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they were berserk. They went berserk. Um, there's an Icelandic tradition also of uh, a type of uh, warrior who would put on wolf skins and think he was transformed into a wolf and would fight right. viciously like that too. Again, probably on mushrooms. Right, <laughs> wolf versus bear. Yeah, on mushrooms. mushrooms. Yeah, that sounds crazy. Mushrooms win. No mushrooms, like the ref. Oh, okay. Like, fight. Yeah, that's the uh, equalizer. I guess so. Um, in some of these tales, <laughs> uh, clothing has a lot to do with it. Like, some of them you have to remove your clothes um, in order to become a werewolf. Yeah, are you seeing, like, the dichotomy here? Like, in some you have to put on a wolf pelt to yeah. become a werewolf. In some, you have to take your human clothes off. Yeah. And do you remember I was saying, like, I feel like the epic of Gilgamesh is a clue to what uh, werewolves represent? So, you sure. know, the Epic of Gilgamesh we've talked before is like, it's the, it was written at a time when civilization is emerging. Yeah, yeah. And so like the whole thing of Gilgamesh is basically like, hey, everybody get on board with society. Right. And we'll live in cities and be civilized. And if not, then you're a wild man. Yeah. I think that's the same thing with the, with werewolf lore. Like if you were, um, if you acted outside of, uh, society's prescribed norms, you would, go so far that you would become an actual beast. Right. And uh, you would be cursed in this way. And it was basically like a cautionary tale. Yeah. Or it was also a way to kind of um, take a dig at a miscreant, somebody who wasn't living up to society, like, you're nothing but a werewolf, you're a beast. Yeah, yeah. Get it together, man. It became kind of a catchphrase in certain societies. Sure. Not a catchphrase, but like you said, something you would call a bad person. But I think that's what the metaphor of the werewolf is supposed to be. Yeah. Although Tracy goes to great lengths to point out um, just how sexually based it is. Yeah, like it also ties into puberty and menstruation. Mm-hmm. I never really considered that. Yeah. So we were talking about the clothing having a lot to do with it. Uh, sometimes, of course, you would turn into the werewolf and you would wake up naked and have to put your clothes back on. Sometimes you... Well, you have to take your clothes off to become the werewolf. Yeah, yeah. That's another that's another indication that you're leaving society. Yeah. You're taking off your clothes and becoming wild. <laughs> do, you, do you see am I making my point? Yeah. Okay. Cuz I feel like I'm all over the place. No, today. no, you're making your point. Okay. Um in one tale a man uh, removed his clothes, peed in a circle around them and <laughs> caused the clothes to turn into stone, meaning is- no one could take the clothes anywhere and when right. he got back and turned back into a person, he would have his clothes there. But it didn't say, and I didn't find the tale, how he turned the stone clothes back into cloth. Yeah, maybe it happened after the transformation or something. Or maybe he had to poop on him. No, to transform <laughs> back into a human, he had yeah. to put his clothes back on. So he had to figure yeah. out as a wolf how to... Put on stone clothes? Yeah. 
Yeah, I think some of the, a lot of these stories are so old they don't get into like the specifics like that. That's just stupid. Like they didn't think a podcaster 400 years later was going <laughs> to nitpick. Stupid peasant. Yeah. Um, in one tale called uh, Biz Cleveret, an adulterous wife steals the werewolf's clothes, which keeps him in wolf mode but forever. He, get, he gets her back. He bites her nose off. Yeah. Like a good wolf. Um, and in doing so, I don't think in Breton um, they necessarily said that lycanthropy was transmitted, uh, which is another good point about whether the the metaphor of it could be uh, disease, like transmitted disease. Oh, right. Um, but the she would have, under certain traditions, become a werewolf herself for being bitten by a, a werewolf. That's right. But you mentioned that in some lore and stories and movies, it is totally voluntary as werewolves are a race, like a dwarf or a troll. Right. Like Twilight. They're like wolf people. And they can transform at will from uh, hunky, uh, long-necked, long-torsoed dudes into... Long-necked, long-torsoed? Yeah, that guy. Who? The guy in Twilight. The, the werewolf. werewolf guy? Yeah, I can't think of his name, but the dude's neck and torso are like eight feet long. Really? Yeah, he's kind of funny looking. Yeah. But he can they can transform willy-nilly into wolf, bad CG-looking wolf, uh, right back out in like an instant. There's no like transformation. Just like, I'm a wolf. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, you've never seen any of that stuff, have you? No. <laughs> you shouldn't. Well, the transformation is very important. And well, not in Twilight. Well, it's Or it, True Blood. It's it, the same thing in True Blood. They're it, just like, boom, they're werewolves. Right, okay. Well, that actually follows the tradition. It's um, fairly recent, like basically Rick Baker era, uh, where the transformation became really important and like just kind of like a, hey, everybody, check this out. Yeah, I think let's get into that after a message break. Okay, so we're talking about transformation. It's like one of the biggest deals in movies now. Unless it's Twilight, like I said, and you're just doing That's it. really strange. I, I would have thought that they'd... I, I can see what you're saying. Yeah, in Twilight, like, they'll, it's so fast that they can... He'll be, like, running through the woods and, and jump up in the air and come down as a wolf to keep running. It really takes all the... And they look so crappy. The CG's so bad. Really? Yeah, it's just terrible. And they're huge. It's just... It's really very poor werewolfing. So I could... But I can see skipping past that... If you are t- describing a race of people, yeah, more than one person, I get it, and like they they need to come in and out a lot with a, a movie like An American Werewolf in London, yeah, it just follows the story of one hapless lycanthrope, yeah, where the transformation is the biggest part of the story, very important, and they show every bit of it. But if you go back and and read the literature, the werewolf literature, you're not going to find too many descriptions of the transformation. No, it's mostly like a, a recent film thing. Yeah, and in most of those movies, like if if you are fighting a werewolf and you cut off his arm, it'll instantly be like a human arm. Yeah, which you know? is pretty cool. It's very cool. Yeah, uh, and same thing goes for uh, when you kill a werewolf. In some traditions, if you kill the werewolf while it's a wolf, yeah, uh, he's going to stay a wolf forever. I don't like that. No, he's, he's got to turn back into the human. Mm-hmm. And I think it was in uh, it was part of the the lore in American Werewolf in London, like, doesn't he get hurt? And, like, that's how somebody knows he's the werewolf because he sustained an injury as a wolf and now he's wearing that injury as a person again. Wait, how did he become a wolf? Is that what you're talking about? No, how they knew he was a werewolf. Like, didn't somebody... 
doesn't like the girl he's involved with know that he's a werewolf because he's he comes back injured? Like, doesn't he get his eye stabbed out or something? No, I think he. I mean, he and Griffin Dunn go off into the moors after being in a pub and get attacked by a werewolf. Right. Griffin Dunn dies. Uh-huh. He goes to the hospital. Right. And I think the nurse is, becomes his girlfriend. Okay. So later on, somebody stabs the werewolf in the eye. And when he becomes a man again, he's, his eye is missing. I don't remember that part. Out. I think either that or I'm just completely making this up, <laughs> but I feel like I can see it. Well, if it's not that movie, it's another similar one. Right. But, but the I, point I is, that. if you sustain an injury as a werewolf in most traditions, especially modern werewolf lore, yeah. you will have that same injury as a person gotcha. when you transform back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what you mean. I couldn't remember too until I rewatched it today how he, it's like, how did he get out of his clothes? Cause I don't remember busting out of the clothes. He uh, looks up at the window and sees the full moon and just gets up and starts screaming and rips his shirt off and takes his pants off. Does he? Yeah. And he's just that naked either. and that's where he starts the transformation once yeah. he's like naked in his apartment. That was a really good movie. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Funny and apparently the studio executives had a big problem with it, you know, because they were like, it was genre bending. They are like, wait, this is funny, but it's horror. Like, we don't get it. Oh, good. It's not funny enough and it's not scary enough and it ended up being a big hit. I didn't see the other one though, the American Werewolf in Paris. I didn't either. Isn't it like uh, it had nothing Ethan Hawke with... and Julie Delpy? <laughs> That's before Sunrise. Oh, yeah. But um, Julie Delpy was in it, I think. Okay, that's why I'm thinking that. Yeah, but no Ethan Hawke. <laughs> um, so, Chuck, there's been, uh, you know, remember the uh, witchcraft trials that were so famous over here in Salem, Mass, and the other colonies? Yeah. So there were actually, um, you know, there were witchcraft trials and, and witch hunts in Europe before then. And at the same time. But there was also werewolf hunts. Yeah, I never knew this. Makes total sense, though. So apparently between 1520 and 1630, there were 30,000 recorded cases of werewolves. Report, were, reported werewolves, werewolves, people executed for being werewolves. And yeah. some of these things were not just neighbor, you know, turning in neighbor so neighbor A can get neighbor B's land or wife or children or whatever. Right. Um, there there were some cases of people who were executed because they were self-confessed werewolves. Specifically, there's this guy named uh, Gilles Garnier. Yeah, what's his story? He was a, a kind of a hermit. He and his wife lived out in the woods. Like, you had to kind of walk through a lot of woods to get to their place. Yeah. In a village um, in uh, France. I can't remember where exactly, but... Um, Gilles fancied himself a werewolf. He thought he really was a werewolf, and he was attacking children, like tearing them to pieces with wow. his hands and teeth, and then eating them. And like he would eat them on the spot, and would apparently get pretty far. Just as a human, he wouldn't like dress up. No, he but he thought he was transforming, and okay. so finally he <laughs> was like, caught mm, in the act. You're once. just a dude, <laughs> right? Well, he was caught in the act once by some people who confirmed that he wasn't a werewolf. He yeah. was in the form of a man, but he was still acting like a werewolf, right? So um, they figured out that he wasn't really a werewolf. But the fact was he still ate a bunch of children that he'd killed and torn to pieces. So he was burned alive at the stake. For just being a murderous goon. Exactly. But another guy um, who was named Jean Grenier, uh, a few years later, he was actually holed up in a monastery for the same crime. Uh But um, they found him insane. Yeah, these were just cannibals. Right, but they thought they were werewolves. Sure, sure. And there's a, a, a bit of a 
attendant lore to the whole thing, a lot of these cases are thought to be the result of hallucinogens. Yeah. Specifically Detura, which um, has been shown to make people think that they are animals, even today. Ergot, same thing. Yeah, that's one. And they think that um, that's a fungus that can make you hallucinate. And they think that had something to do with the Salem witch trials, too. Basically, people were just messed up on drugs. Yeah. Uh, what else? Hypertrichosis is another uh, strange disorder that people might have thought uh, made you when he's pointing out that guy. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty sad. It's, it's um, it's everyone has seen that. They call it like the wolf man syndrome where hair grows all over your face. That and body. dude does not look sad. He looks suave. He does look pretty suave, doesn't he? Yeah, his his uh, family actually is he's one of nineteen people on the planet to be affected by a condition called congenital generalized hypertrichosis. And they're all in the same family, right? Right, in Mexico. Yeah, wow. and just his family has this condition. He does look suave, though. Mm-hmm. He wears it well. <laughs> right. Uh, rabies is another reason. Um, if you're bitten by something. You might go a little nutty in the advanced stages, hallucinating things, plus being agitated. Yeah, and if you if you think about it, if you're just a bystander peasant in 16th century France, mm-hmm. and you see somebody get bit by a wolf, and then later on that person starts acting kind of wolf-like because they're yeah. rabid and you don't know what rabies is, boom, there's your werewolf outbreak. Yeah, uh, wolf hybrids, um, wolves and dogs uh, commingling and having the sex and making. You can get those, you know, as pets. Uh huh. Wolf dog hybrids. Yeah. But it's the same kind of deal. They attack uh, people in villages and they think, you know, we're under attack by werewolves. Yeah, there's this really cool Atlas Obscura article about um, the beast of Gevaudan. So G E V A U D A N. And it's about like these wolf attacks, but they're like supernatural wolves. Uh huh. And they won't go away. And all these villagers kept being killed by wolves. And it was the the last one was actually killed by a, a girl, a little shepherdess. Wow! Um, who stabbed a, this charging beast in in the chest and finally ended this like century of wolf attacks. But it's worth reading for sure. So let's take another little second for a message break. All right. So moving on, um, as recently as the 1930s. In Africa and what's now Ghana, there was a uh, belief widespread that you could people could turn into hyenas. Mm-hmm. So this isn't like hundreds of years ago. And as recently as the 80s, uh, this practice in the Iberian Peninsula. I don't really get this. They, there was there was a ritual uh, or a practice to keep people from turning into werewolves, mm-hmm. where children would act as godparents for their younger siblings. The seventh and ninth child, again, seven and nine, mm-hmm. coming into play. So the uh, the werewolves would basically recruit excess children. So like a, fa- a family oh, okay. had too many children. Gotcha. Then the werewolves would come after those kids. So the older siblings would be like, okay, well, you're my kid. I'm your godparent now. So they so, would do that up until the 1980s. Yeah. So on paper, it shaves off the number of kids that a right. family technically has, at least as far as werewolves are concerned. But yeah, they were doing this until the 80s. (laughs) That's weird. Yeah. Uh, I don't think we mentioned not all uh, werewolves are bad in literature and books and films. Um, A lot of them have uh, compassion from the audience because, you know, they're kind of saddled with this 
with this thing now that they have to deal with. It's a struggle it's between a your higher struggle. and lower self, your primitive and your citified self. Uh, but we have to mention uh, in the Harry Potter series, Remus Lupin is benevolent. And, uh, of course, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Oz, he learned to control his uh, werewolfing mm-hmm. so he could be a good guy and win Willow back. Yeah. Did you watch that, Buffy? No, not really. It was pretty good. Yeah. I'm not going to say it was the greatest thing other like some people do, but... Some people are crazy for that. Oh, yeah. It was huge. Yeah. But, yeah, to each his own. Agreed. Uh, let's see. You got anything else? I got nothing else. I'm Werewolves. Just, yeah. That was a good one. Next full moon. Watch out. Uh, yeah. Seriously. I haven't even thought that. And I can't remember the last time I looked at a full moon and thought werewolves. Yeah. It's been a long time. Well, they haven't had any really good movie. Like the Benicio del Toro movie wasn't very good. I didn't Jack Nicholson movie wasn't good. Yeah. It's been a while since they've made a really good werewolf movie. Early 1980s, I would say. Yeah, 1981. Uh, well, if you want to learn more about werewolves, uh, again, seeing this really interesting bullet list, um, you can type werewolf into the search bar at HowStuffWorks.com, and it will bring up this article. Uh, and since I said search bar, it means it's time for listener mail. I am going to call this guide dog feedback from Kate. Okay. Uh, hey, dudes, I've listened to you for ages, but never really had anything worth writing about until the guide dogs episode. Uh, way back in the day, around 2000... <laughs> my fifth grade teacher uh, Mrs. McKernan uh, managed to convince our public school system to train a guide dog in our classroom uh, her name was Carrick uh, that is K-E-R-I-C and she was this adorable little black lab Mrs. McKernan would bring her uh, to class every day and took her home every night and in the meantime Carrick was not only trained on basic commands by the teacher but by all of the students as well uh, yeah, pretty neat. That's a lot of input for that dog. I know. Uh, well, Carrick didn't make it. Um, Carrick went with our classroom everywhere, including a few field trips, and she got her own school photo for the yearbook that year. That's pretty cute. I would have put her on the cover. Needless to say, we all bawled when she was sent off to finish her training. Uh, sadly, she was one of the dogs that did not pass final training. Maybe it had something to do with the 30 kids giving her instructions. <laughs> no, this is how you sit down. No, you sit down like this. No, I should mention, I didn't read this part, but she did say that they got uh, pamphlets on, like, everyone being consistent. Right. Okay. I'm just kidding. Yeah, I know. You know how I put in with, you know, listener mail. <laughs> sure. It's how, it's how I share. Uh, but in Carrick's defense, she was disqualified under a really hard test for any dog. She had to sit next to a wheelchair while a bucket full of tennis balls were dropped off a balcony. And solve a Rubik's Cube at the same time. <laughs> that's right. And she could not grab any of them. So that's like, that's ridiculous. Um, after that, Mrs. McKernan uh, took her back, though, and officially adopted her and still brought her into new classes occasionally. Recently, Miss McKernan, that's, I have a really hard time I saying can tell. that word, uh, moved schools and has had Carrot qualified under Habit, Human Animal Bond in Tennessee, as a therapy dog for her new school's students. So she said it was a great experience, and um, it's worth telling your listeners it never hurts to ask your workplace and see if they can do something like we did. And I guess if you're going to train a guide dog, you want to really get them ready for that test with all the tennis balls. Yes. Man, that's a rough one. That is from Kate. I bet the dog, even ones that do it, are just like... (laughs) (laughs) Is there bleeding out of their ears? Yeah. Concentrating so hard? Kate, thank you very much for writing in. We appreciate it. Back in the day of 2000. Jeez. Uh, if you want to share a story uh, that makes Chuck and I feel super old, you can tweet to us at SYSK Podcast. 
You can send us something on Facebook.com slash Stuff You Should Know. Uh, you can send us an email to stuffpodcast at discovery.com. And as always, check us out at our home on the web, stuffyoushouldknow.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. Brought to you by the all-new 2014 Toyota Corolla. 